Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. Oh, crap. Am I a socialist now? <laughs> by you, default, you better you be by now. You better be by now. <laughs> well, I don't know. Nancy Pelosi is a progressive, so if you're not a socialist, I think uh, there's not much um, <laughs> room for you in between. I don't know. I don't True know where that. you fit in. <laughs> Definitely not with her, wherever that is. Oh, and uh, my other co- uh, co-host, uh, comrade Frank Langella. Comrade, what's going on? Hey, I don't know that reference. That which which uh, Dracula did he play? He played Dracula in like seventy eight or seventy nine in the seventies. It, huh. it was decent, you know. Yeah. I, oh dude, well, I got I, anyway. I got lists for days of Dracula. <laughs> but anyway, so my brain on? was a little slow there on the on the on the response because right now it's about one hundred and five degrees in my apartment and there's a fan blowing on me, but I, I don't have any AC right now, so. Uh, all the windows are open, so if you hear the fire trucks going by or ambulances to go see people to blow off their hands with fireworks, um, th- don't be surprised because it's hot and shit's blown up and my brain's barely working. So here we go. Fireworks I, are fun, though. I <laughs> turn <laughs> off the AC for the for the benefit of the podcast, so I'll yeah, be, I'll yeah, be yeah, sweating with you. <laughs> sweating yeah. to the progressives. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the planet, but God save the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, nothing really to talk about this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess yeah. we, could, we could end the show now because I don't really have anything uh, yeah, interesting nothing to talk about. No. <laughs> oh, wait, there might be one thing. Oh, oh wait, yeah, no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, we're all in a great fucking mood, mostly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as much as anyone could ever be in a great mood, you know, in today's uh, political climate. But <laughs> we saw on Tuesday uh, in the five or six states that had a primary monumentous wins for the actual left like it, it it's unbelievable to me you know we, we we saw the results and we were like oh yeah like a couple of our big names when you actually look at the list of our rev endorsed candidates something like 52 our revolution endorsed candidates won just on tuesday alone that's fucking insane who is who is at the top of that list somebody like uh cory booker um <laughs> It was Nancy he, Pelosi, I'm, I believe, actually. I mean, you're talking about the real left, right? I mean, you, you can't get any more left than... Or, or was there somebody else that people weren't as, as familiar with who had a big win? Uh, yeah, so obviously, biggest uh, among them, and I'm sure if you're listening, uh, even if you're somebody that doesn't normally listen, you know who this person is, because uh, journalists did a quote-unquote crash course on her <laughs> after she won. Quote-unquote uh, journalists. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, uh, yeah! unseated, uh, thousand year uh, incumbent Joe Crowley, one of the most corrupt pieces of shit you will ever meet in your life. Uh, who, who, who people said was supposed to be the left? They were like, "Well, he's the most progressive you possibly can get, right?" Yeah, well, in, was... in a seventy percent, uh, you know, uh, person of color district, right? He was in line for the speakership. I mean, that yeah. was, you know, a yeah, lot of people, you know, like when we talked about previously, you know, the Rokana endorsement where he endorsed Joe, and then, you know, 
<laughs> sort of endorsed uh, Alexandria, yeah, and then it you know wound up being nothing. But you know, with that that you know those those were people calculating that that he was next in line for the the speakership or speakerhood or whatever it is. And now <laughs> he is going to be on the unemployment line. So <laughs> well, for you. he <laughs> he did dedicate a, a cover song of "Born to Run" to uh, to his to his better so, uh, to the better candidate, which was kind of well, weird, but also kind of like. I guess the nice thing to do rather than be a well, jerk about it. Yeah, but, I was going to yeah. say, you know, we're going to talk a lot of shit about Joe Crowley and his awful policies, but he he did accept defeat graciously, and I, I will I will give him that at least. If you line the two of them up, you look at, you know, the, the one debate that he showed up to with the two of them. <laughs> I mean, you look at it, and she was fucking born to run. She was, I mean... No, it's so true. She's, she's fucking one so well spoken, you know, and and they constantly in in all the coverage, you know, want to diminish her accomplishments. Want to, you know, oh, she was just a bartender, and you know, she won because, uh, you know, she's Hispanic and mirrors the district. It really doesn't acknowledge the the organizing that she did for Bernie. She attended Boston University. She worked for Ted Kennedy. I mean, you know, if they just want to act like, you know, she's just some nobody. Yeah, she's that, been an it actual was a activist in the community, you know, her entire adult life, basically, yeah. which has not been that. So, Long, could but she, I mean, her her campaign. So, I mean, everyone who's listening to this right now, like right after we we're covering a lot of things that everyone everyone knows about. But say you're someone listening to this uh, months or years from now, and it's sort of a historical record. This was someone that she did His get a little bit of media coverage. A famous figure or something. <laughs> Um, you know, she did. She got some good coverage prior to the to the primary, but it's still it's a midterm you know, off season primary, how many people really pay attention to that? You know? And then all of a sudden what? she what? she wins. You mean everyone's not watching. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then she wins and she's on Joe Scarborough. She's on CNN. She's on fucking the Colbert Report. Or no, is it Colbert Report? Tonight it's just show, the Tonight Colbert, Show. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Late yeah. show. Late show. Yeah. She's yeah. the most famous person in New York City. She she's outshining Cynthia Nixon right now. Yeah, who showed Hon- up then honestly, at her yeah. at her victory party? Yeah, and it's it was like her people yeah. are fucking dumbfounded. They're like, "How did this, you know, twenty eight year old girl, wild eyed socialist, the fourth saying, highest oh, rank?" Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're the, just—I mean, I, you saw the the Joe Scarborough thing, the guy, the older guy that's on that show now. We'll we'll, we'll get to that, but so. Before before we get to that though, I, I did I do just want to mention the reason we're saying that she's, you know, that that people are talking about like oh well she's a person. It's not just people. It's uh centrist uh chitlibs that are like panicking right now because they're like, oh my god the fucking jig is up. They just took out one of the biggest <laughs> power brokers in the party. We outspent her ten fucking... to one. How did she do it? They, I almost said Joe Scarborough. Uh. Uh, Joe Crowley spent three point. Th- oh, I'm sorry, he raised three point three, spent three point four million dollars. So he actually put in his own money. That's how fucking panicked he was. Yeah, so he she went raised, into debt. Yeah, I love yeah, that. She uh, raised about three hundred thousand. Uh, so he outspent her by over ten, you know, to one. I'm confused because and I've read some places that she raised six hundred thousand. Now I've seen three hundred thousand. I've so. seen three everywhere. Her yeah. FEC filings, at least. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but in any event, so you know, pr- pr- by all accounts, cl- something like ten to one. And she fucking crushed him. It, it was a near landslide. I mean, mm-hmm. she won like, she almost won by like twenty points. Like, it, it, so you know, for all the people, and and again, we'll obviously talk about the implications of this race and what it means going forward. And I want to get this a couple of interesting uh, sound bites I have here. But um, it, for all the people that are like, 
you know, oh, well, you know, you, the left doesn't have any wins, which is obviously bullshit, you know. Justice Democrats and RREV have about a 50% win rate in the races that they're actually involved in. Which is incredible for, for two organizations year organ- that are less two first-year than, organizations. Yeah. Well, and yeah. they're also taking some chances. I mean, I think about uh, they endorsed Angelica Duenas, a, you know, a Green Party candidate in California. You know, Greens don't have a huge – sorry, I love you, Greens, but you just don't have a, a real shot at things. And so they're they're willing to take some risks on people too. Yeah, no, they endorse uh, – REV at least, as uh, you know, so far – has endorsed uh, <clears throat> good, viable progressive candidates. Like they're a good, br- like if you check, your I you were going to say good vibe candidates. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, well, That's we are true. talking about the Green Party in California, so Alexandria has a has a great vibe to her, yeah, no, But um, so um, you know, it, it, the, but the thing is, everyone wants to talk about, you know, oh, she won because of Democrat. The, the, it, it's just the fucking neoliberals just scrambling and grasping at rungs at the ladder as they're falling into the abyss because they're just so panicked right now and it's fucking great because guys socialism is winning like we always say socialism will win it's fucking winning right now like miriam webster's dictionary tweeted out that the number one search term that uh that night was socialism people were looking up the definition of socialism right which is so bizarre as at the same time that scotus is you know eroding union protections and worker rights um you know you see this this uprising of people going now fuck this it's almost as if governments are always authoritarian and the people are always you know in support of their own best interest (laughs) almost support of their own interests it's it's fucking crazy that you would think that um, so, you know, <laughs> we mentioned the S word and everyone uh, loves to be like, you know, fucking scaremongering when it comes to socialism. Um, but Alexandria made the rounds on like all these fucking huge, you know, not I mean, never shows I would watch, but huge by establishment standard shows. She went on Morning Joe. She was on CNN with uh, fucking Wolfie Blitzer. She went on colbert's show as a guest she was incredibly she busy. was incredible and then um, she got uh she got slammed by winnie wong um i guess there was a, really? a big yeah a big oh, protest God. about ice and god forbid i guess they had said allegedly she was going to attend and didn't or whatever but she was slammed fucking break. she had a million fucking things slammed like, with sure, media yeah. for a few days i, and, I got, and I got she some had to, beef you know, with winnie that. yeah well I've, a lot I've, of people do yeah that way we're we're What's being positive. Idea? Let's focus on the positive. Yeah, here. positive. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. But you know, so her interviews, all of them are worth watching. That because it, it's just so funny. These people have no fucking idea how to even approach somebody who's as policy minded as she is. Like she was on Morning <laughs> Joe, and they're just like uh, they're like stammering for questions to ask because they're like, what can we ask that's not going to let her talk about these awesome policies that everybody wants um so here i have a clip here from her appearance on morning joe where they had oh, her on a panel yeah. with like three or four people um and and just maybe the most clueless but honest thing i've ever heard out of an msnbc <laughs> contributor you mentioned that alexander went to the border she's yeah. been on this issue long before it was in the news a couple of weeks ago calling for the abolition of ice mm-hmm. for example long ago not just while it, it was in national news a couple of other uh, items on your policy agenda that you made very clear throughout medicare for all mm-hmm. 
federal jobs guarantee mm -hmm. and tuition-free public universities and trade schools. Yeah. Those look to a lot of people like promises of gifts under the mm -hmm. tree, mm -hmm. but they wonder how they'll be paid Ponies. for. Now you're yeah. in a position to carry these out. How at a time when the CBO says our debts and deficits are exploding and are going to cripple us, mm -hmm. how do you pay for things like that? It's, a, it's, it's an excellent question. First of all, I think we need to kind of look at, at the damaging history, legislative history of what we've done with our taxes. Not only had, did we have a $400 billion dollar GOP tax cut that could have actually forgiven every single federal student loan in America. We spent that money in December and we spent it on tax cuts for the corporations and the very rich, but it means reviewing the Bush tax cuts. It means uh, making sure that also that we understand the power of the purse that Congress has, that, uh, you know, when, when the United States was in the Great Depression, that is when we pursued uh, uh, the New Deal. It was when people precisely said we have the least amount of ability to do this, that we actually committed to an economically ambitious agenda that transformed the future in the course of this nation. And I think that it is absolutely possible, but what it takes is the political courage to do it. To raise taxes, to roll back the tax cuts. And words. not only and not only that, but also understand that um, that the federal government does have the ability uh, in the similar way that, that we had in the New Deal to, to spearhead some of the, this agenda and some of that financing as well. Michael, uh, where does this come from? Where does all this come from? How, how did you get so interested, so involved, so intense on all of these issues that threaten or so many people's lives, mm -hmm. that affect so many people's lives? Where did so it come I'm told. From well, years ago, I, I had the honor of working for the late Senator Kennedy, which is when I really kind of uh, fell in love with community work. But it's really my, my story and my background. You know, my father passed away when I was a, teen, a teenager. My mother cleaned homes and drove school buses. And, you know, when my family was on the brink of foreclosure in 2008, my, my father passed away during the financial crisis. And that's why I started waitressing and bartending so that she could keep her home. And so I understand the pain of working class Americans because I have experienced the pain and I have experienced the urgency of this economic moment. And that is, you know, why I, I have I bring that urgency to this fight, because it is what we need as a nation. It's what working families need as a nation. So I, where does it come from? I, I like how he's, <laughs> he's just like, he, he, yeah, he's like, uh, he's genuinely so curious. He's like, wait, so this, how, how do you care this about pain and struggling me. that I'm told you people live with? I'm not sure what that is, but my producer is saying into my earpiece right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I, I don't even know where to begin on that. I have, I have a couple things. So number one, you know, the 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 the, the fucking asshole uh, host who was asking, like, you know, well, you know, well, the death, the, the deficit is ballooning, and how are we going to pay? And this the fucking liberal network that he has actually asked this question, <laughs> like he doesn't fucking understand that the Republicans have intentionally blown the deficit out of proportion so that they can say, well, we can't do anything that you people want. Um, well, and her answer was brilliant because it referenced MMT without ever saying those three letters. And I oh think God, a lot, <laughs> well, look, a lot more just, candidates know, need kidding, to I'm figure kidding. out how to do that. Um, you know, I, well, I don't well, like... she doesn't. Yeah, she also doesn't just say, "Well, let's tax the rich." She say, she says, "Well, look at the money we could have had already that we threw away." Right. You know, and, and the other so thing she, yeah. she's doing is. You know, she she mentions working for Kennedy, but she doesn't mention campaigning for Bernie, and and that's you know she's on a mainstream show, but everyone who knows, she knows Bernie, her yeah, everyone. Well, she's she knows 
us, right? We yeah. she knows everyone that, that supported her loves Bernie, right? But she's now on a bigger stage, and it's like she's got to kind of normalize whatever radical stuff other people are saying. So she's she's presenting things in a very factual, logic, you know, driven kind of way, and also name dropping. Ted Kennedy. It's like, it's it's perfect. And you know that people kind of help her and coach her, but that she's still probably the smartest person amongst all of her advisors. Her instincts are fucking amazing for somebody Flawless. 28 years old. Like, it, 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 on, like, you imagine just being thrust onto fucking national tv and and, and just being able to it. nail it and yeah i mean so, but they do J- jds do spend quite a bit of time coaching sure, um, people on it on interviews and some I think are I better had, than others though i mean yeah i had sent you guys um a link of the videographer that worked with her that that did those amazing ads that we saw that also worked for mm-hmm. amy valella and paula jean swearingen and um cory bush you know so, so she's but, had you know some help that um, yeah. I think has well, helped with the optics too. You, you can see the the end result of over coaching somebody who has no real passion in them, and it's Hillary Clinton. Right. You know, yeah. where yeah. it's like her, her real self. Her real self is cynical and cackling and makes jokes about murdering people, assassinating people. I hope and they that's, Pokemon that's Go <laughs> to the poll. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you know. So you you know that everything about her is genuine. Yes, she's had coaching. Every every good public speaker needs guidance with that. But it's in her. She's yeah, no, she, not she like anybody it. else who's ever run. And if you know, if they if she had lost, people would still mm-hmm. say, well, you know, she's still great. She can do this again. She's got a lot of time ahead of her. But it's like she's already fucking there. She's going to be the youngest congresswoman in U.S. history, and she's. Gonna be probably be one of the most left wing Congress w- people ever. Oh, I, I, she's well, to the left of Bernie for sure. Yeah, I mean, and it's know. so it's so interesting because I've heard people say, "Oh, you know, she's going to need help in Congress. She really needs someone to to take her under their okay, wing." And I, I will say, I had that thought for just like a, a hot second, and then I went, "Fuck no! I don't Louis want Gomer's her to take a congressman. advice." From anybody. I want her to blow that shit up. I want her to call out every fucked up thing that she sees so that people really understand oh, how messed yeah. up it is. I, I, I saw centrist this week on Twitter saying, well, she might be all left wing now, but once she's in there, she'll definitely be more like us, centrists, and she'll <laughs> definitely, you know, take the paychecks. And I'm just like, you slimy piece of shits. You're rooting for corruption. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> Because it makes them feel better about these people that they want to support and ignore the horrible shit right. that they do. Well, why do they even oppose Trump then? What do they oppose Trump about if they're they, if they want the people polite, elected Tom, to be right? Democrats says, to be bribed? He says impolite things. <laughs> well, listen, she's going to get there, and he's the not very, civil. <laughs> the very first thing that will happen is someone will sit her down and they'll say, "You know about March thirty first? and she'll go, "What?" And they'll say, "Okay, when you get in, March thirty first is your first fundraising deadline." This is your opportunity to show if you're going to matter in Congress or not. March 31st is based entirely on your fundraising. Now, if you show that you're willing to play ball with us, we'll help you with March 31st. They will also come to her and offer her uh, important committee positions if she's willing to do X, Y, Z. So, you know, she's going to have to. And, and the problem is, is that if you don't do those things, you have no power. 
So, you know, it's very difficult to impact anything. And I'll, I'll share out um, on the uh, Move Left Facebook page something that I shared on my feed, which was, uh, you know, some freshman members talking about all of the different fucked up things, and, and those are hmm. part of it. Another piece of it is um, when they will try to introduce legislation, uh, they'll introduce it, it will go nowhere, and a month, a year, whatever later, they will give it to someone else to put their name on it and put it forward. Oh, yeah. And it basically yeah, makes no, them look like they're ineffective or weak or can't get anything done. It was their yeah. idea from the beginning and they get no credit and you know then they then they go against them and fight against sure. them in their district and slam them. But but then you have somebody who comes out of nowhere and rises so fast and is so popular and everyone is just crazy about that suddenly they can't play that game anymore. That they come with their own power because they have all these people behind them, and and scaring them with money doesn't work, right? And so, so I I feel like I this, hope to God not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just I there is something very different, and it's not just her, obviously, because other people have gotten in, been jealous, all these other, you know, these were big races that got won, um, totally different than the, like the last several primaries we've gone through, um, you know, just in the last last six months or so where people that should have won didn't because they got buried in fundraising. Well, there was that. There was also, and I think, you know, Bernie's getting more criticism these days. And, and a part of that was, you know, him not showing up and, and getting out the vote for California in particular. There were a lot of progressives there that talk about, you know, Bernie got, you know, 3 million votes in California. Where the hell were those people? They certainly didn't show up for progressives that got 1%, 3%, 5%. You know, he could have done more there and he didn't. So, you know, he's playing a game and, and it's been interesting to watch his evolution as he's trying to do a little bit of a dance with the establishment He's, he's struggling now. a million fucking plates. Much like more I, I so guess. than he ever had and to. He's and he's yeah. he can't be plates, everywhere but... either. Yep. So, look, I a couple things. Um, you know, the, regarding Alexandria, you know, getting into Congress... I think a couple of things are working in our favor. Uh, number one, Nancy Pelosi is so fucking feckless and ineffectual, and <laughs> I, I don't think she would survive another vote for uh, House Speaker. She, the the person that people uh, who are uh, that people are floating, and that said she's actually considering it, is Barbara Lee, which that would, would be, be fucking amazing, amazing yes. and yeah. actually allow for people like Alexandria coming in to put forth actual progressive bills. And not face the fucking, you know, uh, backroom mobster uh, shitheads that Ugh. run the party. But all of this depends on us taking back the House and, you know, doing what we can in the Senate. So, so I think people really need to understand this is not just, oh, let's sit back. There's a blue wave. Let's just assume that that's going to happen. People need to be, you know, worried and show up um, and understand that they can make a difference. So a, a couple things I about Ocasio though and her success in Congress. Number one, I don't she she's the and I think that the reason that we're all so fucking excited is that she's the first Congressperson that's like one of us. Like she she yeah. really feels like one of us. She doesn't feel like you know there have been people that are young that have gotten elected or that have run, but like. Nobody looks at John Ossoff and says, "Oh yeah, that guy's one of us." Like you know, <laughs> oh yeah, or even <laughs> like Dennis 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 Kucinich was great on a lot of things, but I never looked at him and I was like, "He understands what I'm about." You know, it's yeah. like I mean, she he, literally is a fucking like she was she grew up you know fairly poor in the fucking Bronx, like you know, uh, barely was able to hang on to her childhood home. It's like she is a real fucking person who just happens to be this 
you know, amazing speaker and superstar politician when it comes to running campaigns and getting her message out there. I, I look at her like a unicorn in a way. You know, there's something very unique about all the gifts she has. And, and I don't think you can discount any one piece of this win or any one part of the strategy. I mean, did demographics play some role? Yeah, they probably did, right? The the district is uh, She disagrees or, with you. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, it had some role. You've got an old white guy who's been in there for a decade and then you, you know, in a district that's 80% people of color. That that has to have inf- impacted it. But Yeah, but, but has he stayed in power for 20 years? Right. I mean, well, it, it, you know, the, it, there's a sea primaries. change. Yeah, there's a sea change happening and and they didn't have like the Bronx option before. He wasn't challenged, you know, before. So, you know, somebody had the courage to do that. That's that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is she worked a shit out of field. And I think this is really important. It was one of my takeaways from California, you know, it's not an either or, it's not a do we invest in field or do we invest in digital, you know, both are very important. But in particular, for reaching, you know, people that are disaffected, people that don't normally vote, she didn't discount those people. She talked to them anyway. She included them in the conversation. And that's that's she spoke to them. The democratic strategy is, well, if they don't vote, why would we waste time? Right. It's like, because if they don't vote, there's a reason why they don't vote. And I guarantee if you talk to them about the shit they care about, about their job or about being able to afford housing or about uh, Gestapo ice thugs kidnapping their family, I guarantee you can wake those or turn those people on. Not, not to say they're not woken up. They're you living the life. Them. Of course they're. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's Give them what, something to vote for. And, yeah. You know, give them fucking hope. For. Well, and that's part of why I think people didn't turn out in, in 2016 when, you know, in the general election, it was, it felt like you have a knife and it's the, you know, the electrical outlet, you're putting it in the top one or the bottom. Either way, you're getting fucking shocked, right? Either way, you don't feel good about it. And so I think people just went, ah, fuck it. It's, it's Can't not imagine why people wouldn't want to wait in line for three hours to vote for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> obviously, hindsight, it does matter because we've got a, a SCOTUS decision, which, you know, maybe we'll talk about later. So obviously, yeah. the, you know, it wasn't we'll, all We'll equal, get to that, but, but I don't know. Well, yeah, okay. We'll get to that later. But no, a couple more things about her. So, you know, I I do want to share a tweet that she tweeted out because a lot of, you know, hacks uh, in in centrist uh, media land were saying that she only won because of demographic reasons and things like that. Uh, And she tweeted out, you know, some folks are saying I won for, quote, demographic reasons. Uh, First of all, that's false. We won with voters of all kinds. Second, here's my first pair of campaign shoes. I knocked doors until rainwater came through my souls. Respect the hustle. We won because we outworked the competition, period. And she shared a photo of these shoes where the sneakers, where the tread on the bottom is completely worn away. Like, I've never had a pair of shoes this bad. Like, I've worn away tread, but this is like, they're completely shaven off almost. She's absolutely the real um, deal in that sense. Millennials are killing the new shoe industry. God, she could have just bought a new one. What a fucking like! Why wouldn't she just go out and buy another two hundred dollar well, pair? Of clearly, well, clearly, when you spend all your money it. on avocado toast, you don't have anything <laughs> for proper footwear. So. She spoke about this. She talked about her field operation. And the fact is she's been working field for a year and a half. She's like, I didn't just start three months ago. I didn't just start six months ago. You know, she started with herself and a clipboard and, you know, getting signatures and grew it from there and, you know, was able to, you know, continue to get volunteers and then inspired people around the country to phone bank for her. So I I think the field piece of it is important. And it, it sounds basic to people that do field, but she talked about, you know, knowing what her win number was, working against that win 
pin number to make sure that they not only had talked to that many people, you know, more than that many, but that they had confirmed that many people were actually going to show up and vote for her. So they Amazing. brought out the vote. It's, it's, it's almost <laughs> as if having a ground game wins elections. I don't know if Hillary Clinton knew that. Um, but yeah, here's also the thing, you know, we, this is what I was talking about a couple episodes ago is that you have a lot of progressives trying to, this is what I was talking about a couple episodes ago where you have a lot of progressives trying to run in districts that are too spread out and they can't cover that much area. And you've got this district, which is Brooklyn and the Bronx, it's congressional district, but it's basically like running for city council. She ran as a right to the city candidate running on all these right to the city issues like rent, you know, like uh, public transportation, like, you know, not having ice arrest you and take deport your family those those are in a city especially just the right to exist in that city and be able to afford it and that is in essence what she was running on that kind of platform so well, her her policies were spot on but I, I think it was more than that um you know i think that you look at the size and scope of the district and you know the the reality is that in in a, a primary like this, you know, you don't typically have a ton of voters. So her win number was fairly small. And when you add to that the inspiration, you know, the way she inspired people across the country to, to show up in phone bank for her, no matter where they lived, you know, people outside of the district, she did a lot nationally. And so when you've got a small win number, and again, I'm not discounting anything she did. It's fucking phenomenal. Um, but I'm just saying we need to be more strategic in these things. I think ego gets involved exactly. in these races and they're like, oh, everybody has to, to run for Congress. And then when you're working campaigns, everybody has to work a congressional. It may not be as sexy. I said this on Facebook, but look at state assembly. Look at, you know, mayoral mayoral races. Look at, uh, you know, school district races. There's so many places where County we can commissioner. start. County exactly. commissioners have a ton of power. You know, people don't even realize how much power county commissioners have. And those are really easy races to win because, you, like you said, you may only have to win, a, say, five, ten thousand votes, and all of a sudden you're a county commissioner. <laughs> and that's, county yeah, significant financial power. Yeah. Yeah, our county legislator, who I pseudo, pseudo helped out on his campaign, he uh, won and he stopped all the gun shows that they were having at the county center here so like it, they 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 definitely do have fun you know they're doing gun shows there where they where people could just go in and buy fucking guns and not have you know well and you start there and... and so you know i'll speak to amy valela's campaign amy's phenomenal i know she's going to continue to do great things she she didn't win in her primary you know she was money you know was a part of it but you know the two candidates that that um did the best in that race one was a former congressman so had a shit ton of money and the other is a state assembly person who barely campaigned but got 15 percent. so you look at that these you know you know being a state rep is a good way to begin to you know gain your power and gain ground and grow it from there and i really hope that as this movement expands that more people are willing to consider um not only running for those races but get more involved in those races they desperately need help and you know the thing i wanted to mention about um uh, you know you mentioned how like oh it's a low turnout every midterm election historically has been a low turnout and especially democratic primaries i mean Mm -hmm. she she was mentioning how they thought about three percent of the electorate would turn out for a primary um so really if you think about it every primary can be competitive and can be won if you fucking know what you're doing and if you get out and do field 
well ahead of when you actually need people to show up to vote for you. Because Well, the other component of it, again, is it goes back to size and scope. So, you know, you guys know that I worked Ruben Majors' campaign. That's a statewide in California. California is the size of a freaking country. It's you, you huge. Can't, yeah, you can't canvas and, all over California. Yeah, so, you know, we... Our, we looked at uh, the, the cost per vote, and I think we were around, you know, a quarter of vote, um, you know, which was, I think, of all of the California uh, progressive campaigns, it was the, you know, smartest run in terms of digital operations um, and being able to to get out to voters. That was primarily through Facebook, through Google, um, you know, through Twitter, those kinds of things, because we didn't have a field army to, to get out there. And that's really difficult to do in that kind of a statewide race. I think the only way to really address those is with, you know, more heavy phone banks. And, you know, we would have needed more money to hire people to, to be willing to do that. So, yeah. again, you know, scope matters when you're starting out in politics and you've never run for anything. Build, you know, start with something smaller and build your power. Um, it's a great way to, to expand the movement. So and all of that is, is absolutely true. But I, I, I feel like I, we will, should talk a little bit more about how good she is as a candidate, not just the issues or the campaign, but how effective of a communicator she is. Oh, so good. And so good. it blows me away how effortlessly she can shift her tone and pacing, her facial expressions. Um, the words you know, just seem to roll off her tongue. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> it's, you know, for, for as inspirational and as great as Bernie is, he's still an old curmudgeon guy right and he kind of mumbles <laughs> sometimes he kind of kind of raises his voice a little too yo yeah he's your grandpa and you can see how much of an impact want, i don't he want a hundred candidates like bernie like in terms right. of personality no no no, no. but, it, you, but you see this huge wave of people he has inspired you know in the mm -hmm. last three years but then you, you you imagine look think about how many more people this young woman is going to inspire people that look like her, people that are, are part from immigrant communities, the effect that she's going to have, look at what effect she's had in, in less than a week. Then think, you know, a, a year from now, four years from now. I guarantee, people have already said this, her own mother thinks this, she's going to run for president, she's going to win, she's going to be the fucking president. Oh, I think so. I think so. Down People the line. haven't I mean, been absolutely. as excited about a candidate since Obama. They've, they've a lot and, of the and press guys. This is not that. just a cult of personality thing. Like no. you know, it, this is about actually deal. seeing somebody that fucking represents us for once in our fucking lifetimes. And that in a was superstar. Like you know. That was Spot, a theme like of her this. ads. That was a theme of her commercials. Every single person who watched her ad, I feel like, you know, unless you're a billionaire or whatever, you can see yourself in her struggle, in her, you know, optimism, in her ideas, in, you know, the hustle like she talked about. Well, and it started with, I, th I think you guys probably remember the, um, the commercial cut for Bernie Sanders that featured Erica, the late Erica Garner, yeah. Yeah, was that same kind of ad. long format, you know, shot with available lighting, very emotional kind of a thing. Cinema and then, you know, Cynthia Nixon, yeah. yeah, Cynthia Nixon did one recently too, where she's riding the subway, you know, and it's, it's like, it, it's definitely trying to reach a different kind of person and not through, you know, divisive, uh, you know, you like the old political ads where it's like, so and so says. Joseph Crowley says that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it like freeze frames and then desaturates to black and white and like slowly zooms in. Dun, dun, it's dun. like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He says he supports children, but actually wants children to have cancer. You know, like that kind of shit. <laughs> it's like, no, of course Do people are apathetic. A cancer lover in December. The, so the other component to this is is authenticity, and I think that was part of what 
2016 was about. Um, you know, a lot of Hillary Clinton's a lot of things, but authentic is not one of them. I mean, I think back to the, the headband and the baking cookies and the Southern accent and you know the, <laughs> the various hot sauce uh, and, the purse. and the hot sauce of the, the purse hot, and that yeah. she's your like your abuela and we could go All on of and these, on. Yeah, various incarnations <laughs> of her. And so you look at 2016 and people went, okay, you've got. Bernie, who's, you know, not polished, his suits don't fit, you know, he just, he just speaks hair his mind. Hair barely clings to his skull. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. His hair's always a to mess. Use a briefcase. He's just carrying loose <laughs> notes like a professor, you know. Uh, in debates, I love it. He just pulls notes out of every fucking yeah. pocket, like inside. I wrote this he one just... out on a napkin. It's in my pocket. <laughs> Uncrumpling papers as, you know. You've got that. Raven. And then you've got Trump, who... <laughs> He's a piece of shit, but but what one thing that you feel about him is that he's he's he believes he's what an he says. He's an authentic piece of shit. He's he, an yeah, authentic yeah, he's piece, really of shit. piece of shit on a on a like ivory and gold platter. And that's so if what, nothing yeah. else, people were he's like, "Well, I mean, that's I, who he is." Yeah. I know what I'm getting here, right? With Hillary Clinton, what the hell? You know, people were confused. Which which Hillary am I getting, right? And so authenticity, I think. Position, Hillary. Exactly. It, it, authenticity is an important piece of this. That's another quality that Alexandria, you know, definitely heart, I mean, soul, and she is who she is. There's there's no pretense there. So, I, you know, what we, we talked about how everyone else responded. Nancy Pelosi has to be thrilled that this young woman's coming into Congress <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, 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 the caucus Ugh. is going to start, you know, looking. Every- so let, let, yeah. let's hear what she has to say, because she, right, had, she had a right. comment when somebody asked her about it. <laughs> Uh. To that end, if the Democratic Party is increasingly younger, more female, more diverse, more progressive, should the Democratic House leadership look that way? Well, I'm female, I'm progressive, I'm a <laughs> and the rest of them. What's your problem? <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, they did. They made a choice in one district. Yeah, they did. They made a choice in one district. So let's not get yourself carried away as an expert on demographics and the rest of that within the caucus or outside the caucus. Could could she just be any more fucking elitist, just dickhead? Like, give her some credit. (laughs) Nothing, nothing gets millennials' attentions like a reference to a meatloaf song. I mean, she just is so fucking. Cl- but you know what? I, you know, I say she's clueless, but she's really terrified. Like that, what, what you really hear in that in that answer and that defensive, like, ah, well, well, you, know, what are you an expert? Like, what? Like, she's fucking terrified because she knows that that guy's right and that she's a fucking fossil and that people like Alexandria are gonna come in and replace her ass. And you know, unfortunately, we had like someone like Jaffe who ran against her. Uh, you know, had all the right policies, but just wasn't inspiring the way somebody like Alexandria is. This is is not the year of the old white guy. It's not. This is the year of women when it comes to elections. The the people that have won progressive or otherwise have been female candidates. So I think, again, you can't ignore the demographics of it. You know, we need fresh voices. We need people of color. We, you know, we need people from different economic backgrounds. We're tired of old white guys have fucked up this country almost beyond repair, possibly beyond repair. So it's time for something else. And yeah, they're terrified. Yeah, no, and she and she's just so fucking. Oh God, I you know I, I I'm gonna savor the fucking moment where she gets beaten in a primary. I mean, it's gonna. It's I wish I could bottle that fucking She'll, feeling and sell the, it. Like, the it's minute the she gets, thing. yeah, they'll do they'll do the research, and the minute it looks like she's not gonna win, she'll just resign. 
She's not going to r- run and lose. She'll well, never I'm not waste the run time. again. I think I've served my country well, and by clearly the- not appreciated. Here, here's <laughs> the thing: if somebody, you know, imagine, just imagine, if people that supported Bernie Sanders said, "Well, you know, of course Bernie's going to win in Iowa. It's the it's the de- demographics." Could you imagine the reaction to that <laughs> if people said that? It's such bullshit. Just, it's how such fucking how fucking racist to say? Well, that's just the way. It's like, yeah, the, they want oh, well, this, all the this blacks, bullshit liberal you know, ID poll. Win. Yeah, the, the, did you see what Andrew Cuomo representation? What, what did Cuomo what did he say? say? He said he said she won because of angry and scared minorities in the district. Oh my gosh, Andrew well, fucking Cuomo. Um, angry, probably at Cuomo. Yeah, <laughs> of course they're fucking angry. They can't afford the fucking rent, and the subway's a piece of shit. Look, as a campaign strategist, you can't ignore demographics, but to to attribute the entire win to that is incredibly offensive. Of course, but they don't give a f- there's the, the, the other great thing about Alexandria is that she takes the fucking mask off of all of these elitist douchebags who are really fucking racist and they, you know, claim to be in support of immigrant rights and LGBT rights and pe- persons of color. Like they are just as fucking racist as the Steve Kings of the world. But they, or maybe not as racist as Steve King, but they're just as racist as most of the GOP. They just put this nice fucking mask on it because right. they like to think of themselves it's, as it's you the know, difference between and liberal and yeah, it's the difference between what I the terms I use is it's the difference between overt racism and covert racism. The effect right. is the same. It's just the framing you put on it. When you say, uh, you know, we're we're a big tent and we want you know we want. Uh, uh, you know, representation until it hurts us when it's somebody who's a socialist because that fucks up our our profit margin. You know, you see how quickly their well, ID poll falls don't apart. Get, don't get excited. Yeah. <laughs> God. Wait, some expert now? Like what? I just I, I can't fucking believe that she would have that answer. Like to to a question. Like, well, well no, and cause, you know, cause it's she. They had their, it was an honest their, answer. Their guy picked <laughs> yeah. 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 So, no, and you've talked about this, Anthony, that uh, you know, you're you enjoy watching Bernie, you know, get pissed off at some of the questions he gets oh, asked. And I love it. and it was really interesting so to watch Alexandria hilarious. on some of these shows because you could kind of see her face, right? That she's trying to to, you know, keep it she's positive. She's by like all the uh, stupid yeah, fucking questions. Yeah, I think she's a little bit taken aback and I think she's still um trying to determine how she's going to deal with that moving forward. Because I think there's a piece of her that wanted to reach across the the desk and, you know, throttle a couple of the the people with the questions that they were asking her. And you're going to pay for all these ponies. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the great thing to me was, so Bernie actually did a round of, of, you know, of talk show interviews because of, because of, you know, obviously the success of his campaign leading to Alexandria's campaign success and um you know we've talked about how he's kind of opened the door for all these progressives and they showed this clip of her from Morning Joe to Bernie where somebody asked her about like well you're not very critical of Donald Trump directly and she's like uh yeah well I criticize his policies like I don't think getting into a Twitter war with the president is uh productive I you know saying the things that we've been saying for fucking you know, months and years, or you know, I've whatever you want to say. I she she did have some tweets that went viral that were going no, directly she, at Trump, but that's sure, not but her. She's a policy focused person. She's right. not getting. She's not being like, oh, well, you're so unsit. Like you know, the typical Democratic fucking response. Like, I wish he would be nicer when he decides to you know unconstitutionally and illegally bomb a country <laughs> without congressional. So, but the great thing was they showed Bernie this clip and they cut back from the clip to Bernie. And he's like smiling like a proud grandfather. It was like the gr- it was like such a great little fucking moment. I was like, you know, this to him is even better than winning because he knows that he's inspired and allowed for these candidates to rise up and push the well, party yeah, further than we, he was pushing it. 
Exactly. Yeah. We weren't even talking about income inequality prior to Occupy, and we didn't have a, any presidential candidate talking about anything that Occupy br brought up. And Bernie's been talking about Occupy stuff since you know the early '80s when he when he began his political career. And it, he had the same I mean, it's, hair back then. But. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he, you know, it definitely feels like an Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, old Luke Skywalker and like a Ray kind of a kind of a situation where. Oh, yeah. She's so good right off the bat. People are like, she can't use the force. She didn't have to even learn how to use it yet. How, how could she just do all that stuff? So wait, Where are, does... you saying, are you saying that Donut Twitter and all the centrists are just like a bunch of the fanboy nerds that were super mad about the new uh, Star Wars movies? Yeah, yeah, that she can use the mind trick without any training. They're all mad about it. They're like, how does, it's not fair. She what do you mean she's concern. not even a royal f bloodline? What do you mean she's just a regular person? Well, this doesn't make any sense. Bernie said it. He said she talked about the issues that Americans care about. She talked about Medicare for all. You know, she talked about $15 minimum wage. I mean, he, he said all of that. And, and so it, you know, it really is not me, us, you know, hashtag, hashtag not me, us. It's, it's his movement going forward. And you're right. It terrifies and, all the centrists. you know, just, you know, she, she was the biggest one, but obviously Ben Jealous was fucking huge. He's a great progressive. He won the primary for uh, governor. In Maryland, and he would easily be the most progressive governor in the country if he wins. Oh, yeah, uh, which and he has a very good shot of doing. You know, in how Maryland. many how many Democratic governors are there in the country? Like ten, like right thirteen, now? thirteen, literally, yeah. like yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but but still, like not, they're all central. You know, Jerry Brown's probably the farthest. Oh no, I'm sorry. You know, Phil Murphy's probably the farthest left. Uh, yeah. Former Goldman Sachs executive Phil Murphy, who's actually oh, been fairly progressive yeah. as a governor, some. In some I, weird ways. I'm always torn about berating people over their history because I have a questionable history of my own, you know, having worked at Countrywide. Yeah, but he, did, yeah, but he didn't denounce Goldman Sachs the way you've denounced yeah. corporate America, you know? Like, yeah. yeah I, well. I, um, but no, so yeah, Ben Jealous. And again, you know, 52 people won, 52 RREV endorsed candidates won races. And, you know, beyond that, this week, uh, the, the, the Union Reform Commission got together and they stripped uh super de uh, delegates right to vote on the first round of ballots in a con and contested convention which essentially eliminates the influence of super delegates on a on a vote now whether you know whether or not they're going to actually compel them to shut the fuck up until the votes in the primaries are calculated and actually you know vote with the way the primaries go in their states is another matter but they can't literally swing an election now that this rule has been passed uh, against the will of the popular votes well, in the primary. It's, it's actually still, a decent... When you have Hillary you know. Clinton start out with a 400 superdelegate lead off the bat, everyone's just like, yeah. oh, well, exactly, she's, st yeah. she's starting 400 yards ahead on the fucking track. Like, how is... how is Ber I mean, Bernie can run it's fast, so but he can't... <laughs> you know. So, yeah. you know, and, I'll, and I, I'll try to reach out to Nomiki for clarification, but I, I think that this essentially means that they won't be able to tap to say who they're supporting with their superdelegate vote until the convention and until and they are not allowed to vote in the first round of voting. <clears throat> so hopefully this essentially neutralizes superdelegates. Now, you'd still, obviously, this is a half measure and they should just yeah. get rid of them. But, yeah. you know, w we're winning a lot of little battles and it, it's amounting to big battles because we're going to actually yeah. have a progressive caucus that's not the the current progressive caucus made up of you know <laughs> the non-progressive progressive i mean nancy caucus. pelosi calling herself a fucking progressive we're gonna have an actual leftist caucus in the fucking house and that's Yay. kind of amazing to me
Like, it, because I... So, it, have could we, you have foreseen it, this in your lifetime? Like, you know, 10 years ago? I get impatient, you know, with, with sure. the, the, the speed of it. And, you know, definitely thought it would be bigger than it has been so far. But I do have to remember it's a it's a big machine and it does take a, a long time to... And it's hugely successful considering that. that this is really all on the back of Bernie Sanders' movement. And it, yeah, two, two years. years ago. Yeah. I mean, we're we're fucking killing it right now by you know by startup standards. I mean, I I would l- actually love to see a breakdown of how the Tea Party did, which you know was Koch brothers funded. I would right. love to see how they did in the first round of primaries uh, and how it compares to you know our Rev and Justice Dems and just regular old well, non-endorsed progressives. I mean, so you you're just proving horseshoe theory that the the far right and the far left are equally as bad, Anthony. <laughs> Oh well, you know that's what the 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 geniuses on MSNBC like Steve Schmidt, uh, you know, uh, Democrat Steve Schmidt, uh, current Democrat Steve Schmidt, who was a fucking nightmare, uh, gave us uh, Sarah Palin. He was John McCain's fucking campaign manager. Ugh. But 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 you know, oh the parties too. You know, and this is the thing I try to explain to like liberal like people that I know. Where they're all like, oh well, look, uh, Richard Painter's joining the Democrats, and Steve Schmidt is joining. Uh, guys, it's not because they're moving left. It's because the Democratic Party has moved so fucking far to the right that maniacs like Steve Schmidt and Richard Painter, George Bush's ethics lawyer, feels comfortable enough to say he's a Democrat because they're fucking Republicans. Like that's why right. these people well, are joining the party. They're, it's they're they're all capitalists, so there's no difference on that level. They're going to represent the interest of capital. But I mean, the, yeah. the, the 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 you saw the Washington Post op-ed that was uh, you know if Democrats aren't careful and they go too far left, you know they <laughs> they the danger there is they might start winning too often and then they're going to expect us to actually do things for the voters. You know, it's just like what, written it, by written by the editor in chief of. Right wing uh, <laughs> opinion website, by the way. So yeah. That's who CNN's letting write their fucking op eds now. Oh yeah, the CNN one was with the by the editor of Red State. Yeah, Red State. Yeah, I can think of the name. Well, yeah. and then you know, I mean, Joe and Mika and on Morning Joe, like they're pretty conservative people, but they're also kind of like they don't really know what's going on, and they don't really pretend to. They just kind of go, "Oh, well, who's this kid? All right, well, whatever she says, that sounds good." Like, they kind of do that with everybody. Though, like, they're very so funny that they're, like, further left than half the fucking quote-unquote liberals. On the they really yeah. didn't seem to oppose her. It was kind of like, oh, well, this is something new. And, and it wasn't, you know... they're not on Team Democrat because George, right. cause Joe oh. used to be a GOP rep. But right. but to the extent that they're he's out of office, they're kind of just like... Well, whatever, you know, hey, that's that seems like a good you know compelling why, argument to you know me. Why, like, yeah. You know why they're like that? You know why they're like that? Because they fuck each other, and they probably fuck each other really good. <laughs> so that's why probably they're not right all... before they go on air, too. So you know. <laughs> And during the break, and then right after. It's like, you see the, like, Sean Hannity's... segments when the camera's yeah. not on. <laughs> or where they're just coming back from. Yeah, you see people like, you know, Sean Hannity, who you can tell... You know, like who the fuck would want to fuck that guy? You know, and then he's he's going off of like, how dare she? You so know, so the, the socialists care on. about old people. You know, like that's your fucking demographic. <laughs> Sean Hannity, I I want to read something out real quick. Sean Hannity, you know, went on this big. Oh my god, this you know, communist socialist is winning, and he's like, look at her platform. Look at these things that she wants for the American people. And he Caring put up a for list. The elderly. Well, I just want to read a couple of them off, and this is his wording. He didn't. Use. I, I was kind of surprised he didn't frame this in an intro. You know, in the way this is this is his, this is the negative platform of hers that he presented on, his, on as a graphic. <laughs> Medicare for all, housing is a human right, a federal jobs guarantee, gun control slash assault weapons ban, criminal justice reform, and private prisons. 
immigration justice slash abolish ICE. Solidarity with Puerto Rico, I guess he's opposed to. Uh, mobilizing against climate change. Clean campaign finance. Higher education for all. Women's rights. Women's what? rights. Women's <laughs> rights is one of the fucking categories. Support LGBTQ. Support seniors is one of the category. Who fucking watches your show? Your audience is is in the f- half a foot in the fucking grave. Oh, in, in fairness, it was the print was very small on the screen, so and it wasn't. A, they probably Here's didn't hoping they wouldn't notice that. it. Yeah. yeah, I have to think that this is like a staffer who can't stand him who fucking put her actual platform. <laughs> like, there's no like. It's not like oh, well, she wants yeah. to open the borders and she wants to take your jobs and give them to Mexican like. The the usual, you know, stuff. Well, that they, it, you yeah. know, it's subtle. It's a wink, wink. This is going to cost you money. That's what that is. But yeah. But I, but like, I'm like watching that and I'm like, anyone who looks at that is going to be like, oh, great. Fucking sign me up. Where can I vote for her? Like, <laughs> Make my life easier, please. <laughs> I'll take yes. two, please. Like, really? <laughs> oh, God. And then you have people like Steve Schmidt saying that she's a she practices dishonest progressivism. You know, noted progressive what? expert Steve Schmidt, aka fucking John McCain's campaign manager. What is dishonest progressivism? <laughs> That's I a understand. really good. Fu- well, actually, Nancy Pelosi could probably tell us what dishonest progressivism <laughs> is. But well, I it's, I don't know exactly, but you hear this a lot where the the centrists say, "Well, she's promising things she can't deliver on," mm. and it's like the only no, reason that she wouldn't be able to is because to. it's the fucking centrist that would oppose it and block right. it and say, well, I support single payer. I just don't support this particular bill about single payer or the next one or the one after that. Guys, we can't have something that every other industrialized modern country in the world has. I don't know why you're being a bunch of fucking little babies <laughs> and asking for puppies and unicorns and, uh, you know, things like that. Well, speaking yeah. of cute things, I pet a uh, baby pig today. Somebody brought a baby pig into our pharmacy Aww. today. Potbelly pig or? Yeah, potbelly pig. Who's oh, the fucking this. thing in the world. They're, they're like dogs. Like it, I like, don't know. Yeah, I don't know how people can eat bacon. I don't. It like sniff my head. Like it. Like you let it like sniff your hand like a dog, and then it'll let you pet it. And it. Do you it, eat bacon? I don't eat bacon now. Okay. And I definitely would never eat bacon again if I did eat bacon after. <laughs> after that. <laughs> so what we really this... need to do, you know, vegans, <laughs> is just bring around the pigs, and yeah. it'll all work out. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of discussion about that because I know people who do nothing but post like the goriest factory farm videos and like mm-hmm. i can't i don't i didn't need to see that to know it was terrible but it's like right. i know that that desensitizes people or they just you know they i'd rather see yeah like you show people enough cute little animal videos and they're gonna and they'll figure it out they'll be like ah it's got a soul it's the same it principle as like alexandria <laughs> ocasio-cortez's campaign ads like you don't go negative yeah. you show them positivity and make them want to you know it protect the life of yeah, animals well, like that. It, rather it's than like like Gene Roddenberry, motherfucker. How did yeah. how did Gene Roddenberry get a get a, a multiracial uh, cast on a TV show in the '60s? Well, he had to set it in the future as though it was some utopia. <laughs> so it was, it was an extremely True, political yeah. show about the world we want to see. But like, look at the effect of that, where you have you know three generations now raised watching Star Trek with that idea that like there is no money, there are no countries, there are no borders. You know, the, uh, we we try to solve problems with diplomacy. Scientific research is at the forefront of what unites us as a, as a, as a civilization. You know, and it, it, you look at our culture now and everyone's like oh nasa costs too much it's like shut the fuck up go watch some fucking star trek i'm Bring always the amused with together. these these yeah. dystopian futures that all include a basic income i'm like i think that might be all right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so you know we've talked a ton about alexandria we unfortunately we do need to move on because there's other horrible news this week but what? 
<laughs> um yeah she's a fucking superstar she's just the beginning there are people that are you know just as awesome as her in their own way people like sarah smith who we've who we've interviewed for the uh, podcast and we, we you got to go out and support these people because they're going to be you know pounding the pavement knocking on doors and they that's where they really need help well, uh, and that's you know, it and you can make a difference but... phone banking you can make a difference you know no matter where you live on these races um you know get involved it doesn't have to be money it can be just sharing things on social media there's so many ways to help and you know spread the word yep uh yeah so <laughs> well on to less uh exciting news mm-hmm. uh Somewhat less exciting news, although I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy uh, announced he's retiring, uh, thereby totally erasing any goodwill he's had for some of his decent votes because he's <laughs> allowing a fucking monster to pick his replacement. And he knows his replacement is going to be a million miles to the right of him. So, I don't, you know, there was a lot of, in, in, in the press, there was a lot of people being like, well, well, he was a true constitutionalist mm. and a true literalist and he was a moderate and he voted with his conscience. Yeah, okay. All of that is erased because he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. He's retiring now to let Trump pick his replacement because he knows Trump's not going to win a second term. Although the way Democrats are handling it, he might. I um, almost wonder, though, if somebody on the left said, dude, you need to do this because then we're going to scare the shit out of everybody that, you know, we're going to continue to have this kind of, uh, you know, um, nominee unless we flip the I house. They would have had yeah. him do it later if they wanted I don't to think do that. Because they can hold off. That kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't think he would be. I don't think many Supreme Court judges are influenced by that kind of stuff. I mean, they're aware of it clearly, but I don't think anyone could push them. You know, there's no. no they're the I, highest I court did it. in in the land. You know, it's like I don't know. I don't put anything past these fuckers. But no, I genuinely <laughs> think he did it because he knows that Trump's probably not going to win a second term, and if he wants to see a Republican on the court, he's got to retire now because there's going to be probably four to eight years of a Democrat after Trump. And, you know, that again, I don't see you know, Trump not winning as I, I think Trump could still win in 2020. Yeah. If, if, if the nominee is so. not Bernie Sanders, if the nominee is fucking Cory Booker or Kamala Harris or like, you know, Andrew Cuomo, I mean, fuck Biden. <laughs> oh, God. Bloomberg. God. Michael Bloomberg. Well, he's trying to <laughs> buy the nomination. Everyone saw he, just, you know, dumped like 30 million dollars into the party. Right. Um, so. Yeah, you know, and everyone's like applauding him. First of all, Anthony Kennedy has been horrible overall if you look at his voting record. I mean, he's voted the right way on a few issues, you know, Roe v. Wade and stuff like that. But I mean, he's been awful. He was the he wrote the fucking verdict on Citizens United. He wrote he he was so in support of of you know passing Citizens United that he wrote the fuck I, I forget the term, but he wrote he essentially wrote the the court decision. The, you know the the explanation like he he's a fucking you know right wing corporatist till he dies and he make wants to make sure that another guy like Gorsuch gets on the fucking court and you know everyone's like oh well this is why you should have again I don't want to fucking relitigate everybody knows that Hillary Clinton lost that fucking race on her own for a million fucking reasons. Well, but, it, it's I'll relitigate it because the people that want to blame 2016 on Susan Sarandon as, as mm. though the, you know the one celebrity that didn't support Hillary Clinton as though she somehow has more power than all the hundreds of other celebrities who did, you know th- those people want to blame her could not name a single one of the numerous Democrats who have been the deciding votes to confirm every single Trump nomination, including Neil Gorsuch. 
Right. Including Three fucking Neil Democrats Gor- voted for Neil Gorsuch. Including bloody Gina, you know, CIA torture lady. Yeah. She got confirmed because of the, the, you know, it's always like three to five Democrats that will support every fucking Republican, no matter who it is. And the yet they're somehow blameless. But yet Susan Sarandon, it's her fucking fault. She's Seriously. getting hammered on Twitter, too. I mean, I, I've yeah, seen it. Meanwhile, she's, meanwhile, she's getting fucking for arrested for people that are being separated from their families protesting. Right. right. And these fucking assholes sitting there with their fucking goblets of wine you know and their millions of dollars hey, i got a goblet of wine here <laughs> yeah but you're not sitting in a fucking million dollar penthouse you know like fucking deborah I messing might, or all any be. of these uh, amber tamblin be. or any of these well that's true I, I all my no, money went to the, the penthouse and i yeah. um all the money went to the penthouse and i don't have air conditioning you know, <laughs> white fucking liberal women like elitist fucking white liberals Sitting there, you know, scoffing at people like Susan Sarandon, who actually uh, wanted principle as the fucking president. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, by the way, Hillary Clinton, everyone's so glad that Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, that she would have won and appointed that her list. Uh, and this came out in WikiLeaks, so I'm not making this up. Her list of fucking potentials included a Republican from Texas as a Supreme Court justice. So everyone's like, oh, well. You know, if it's okay that Obama's not going to get it, you know, even though he picked a centrist just to prove a point because Hillary's going to get in there and put a liberal on the court. She was considering a Texas Republican because she thought it would be good for shifting demographics and to get get them some wins in the midterms. She yeah. was going to potentially appoint a fucking Texas Republican to the Supreme Court. Well, now we've got a philosophical question here because Merrick Garland, I believe he was uh, suggested in March and, you know, obviously McConnell uh, jackass at the time said, no, 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 we need to wait until, you know, after the election, well, the well, voters well, get a voice or whatever. For, so, yeah, we're, we're now, you know, almost in July. And uh, so. I think it's a question. Know, Fucking but, block all procedure until they agree that they're not going to vote until the midterms. But the feckless C's. <laughs> the of course, they're not going to do so it. Much. They're not going to do yeah. it because they are feckless cons. You can say cons on the podcast. We're not. We're, this is an MSNBC. That's so, right. We're socialists now. We can say twat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got to do the you got to do the Eve Ensler that whole thing again sometime. Yeah. To, um. So every episode. No, but you know what? I, I lost my train of thought. No, but so you know they're not going to do it. Of course they're not going to do it. And somebody wrote, uh, figured out a way using Senate rules that you could actually uh, prevent them from calling a vote on it. You you actually need a majority of rep of senators to be in Congress for a vote to take place. You need you need a majority. You need fifty one senators. Otherwise, uh, the Senate would be uh, there's a term, but essentially they li- li- literally cannot call for a roll call vote if at least fifty one senators are not present. So if the Democrats with their forty nine senators and with John McCain, you know, on on his deathbed, not in in the Senate. Um, could just not fucking show up if they said, oh, we're going to vote today on this or we're going to vote on this. Yeah, they, they can choose not to meet with the nominee and they can choose not to vote. Yep. Yeah, but, but of course they? they're not going to fucking do that because people like Joe Manchin are going to be fucking sitting front row to 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 talk about how much they he likes whatever maniac fucking Trump puts forth, you know, to sit on the Supreme Court and how... Which right. again is gra- ridiculously stupid midterm strategy. Um, of course if you're it gonna, is. you you know, give away that, that nomination. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even well, understand. But it's, you know, people say, well, why would they do something that would that would undermine the party? It's like, well, that's the whole goal. But you know that at the end of the day, the most Democrats, well, right. But they, they still want to 
have power. They're willing to take a dive, but they still sure. want power. But you you do have these few where it's like, you know, the the skinheads that that stopped shaving their heads and started wearing business suits and like became <laughs> cops and like got integrated into these these systems of power, even though deep down they're still a Nazi, right? You know, same thing. Yeah. Well, you've got these Republicans that are like, hey, I'm going to go run as a Democrat and get elected and do nothing but run, you know, vote alongside someone like Trump. And that's their whole agenda, and they're always the spoilers, or they have the, you know, the rotating bad guy where they'll make sure they can kill single payer in California and shit like that. So there's always a reason that it's it's going to be a party that goes along with whatever fascist bullshit is on the on the agenda. It's just so fucking frustrating because you know exactly how this is going to play out because we know well, how and some of this is feckless they you are. Know, a lot of it is backdoor politics. So somebody will get promised some shit. Oh, you know, they'll get some, uh, you know, deal for their district or something, or, you know, some future offer of a lobbying position. There's all sorts of shit that they promise um, in order to get these votes. And so that's how they, they pick off the Dems too, is that they, you know, the ones that they don't have power right now, because they're in the minority, they offer them stuff to make them think they're going to be more powerful. Wait, do they offer them ponies? (laughs) Definitely. Because I've heard Ugh. if you want a pony, that makes you a bad person. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, fuck. Well, <laughs> I think I've said all I, I can say about that. But, of course, we know how this is going to play out. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. And now we're going to have five hard right lunatics on the court. And that's something you can't undo. And I, I don't know why uh, the Founding Fathers and their fucking infinite wisdom decided to make Supreme Court... Uh, appointments or whoever lifetime, uh, lifetime. Yeah. It, it's so fucking baffling considering how every well, other they didn't, they didn't live to be but 40 years old back then that's you know? true yeah <laughs> they were like oh 90 how about, how about it's lifetime <laughs> until you reach the uh, average age of a uh of, of a uh, uh human being in uh Poor 1776 ruth bader ginsburg has had to show up didn't she have ass cancer i mean like she's yeah, had no, to show she's, up through she's, she's like horrible things you know chemo and everything and you know keeps showing up every day so dedicated the poor woman should be able to retire but she can't she looks like gina davis like in in that scene in beetlejuice after like they bring him back and they're like crumbling away into like that's how that's like like, ages no no no, no, no. i'm not saying i'm just saying like she's so decrepit but it's like she can't fucking she's got to hang on because uh, she looks. She's you know. If we're gonna c- compare the elders, uh, Madeline Albright's not looking too good these days. I'm comparing. Well, hate, hate will do that to you. You know, <laughs> it really takes a toll on your. Uh... Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> Diane Feinstein. <laughs> yeah. God. Uh. Oh, I mean, you know, it's 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 just they're they're old. It's fine. We we don't it's, like them because of their choices. It's character. Yeah. I don't. You know. Yeah. No, you... Yeah. They're fucking hard. Yeah. No. I don't. Not RBG. I'm just saying. You know. Obviously, yeah. Diane Feinstein. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that, that's a bit of bad news, but I, but there's, there's hope because people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are fundamentally transforming the democratic party and, you know, we just need a million more of her. And I love, you know, Jimmy Dore, but like, he's, (laughs) he just is like, well, you know, this isn't enough. We've only won one. And I'm like, dude, you know what? Like, I get it. But this whole idea of like Nick Brana leading this fight, like, it's a fantasy. It's not going to fucking happen. Like this is the way to do it is to actually take over all of this infrastructure. And of course they're not going to fucking let us do it, but that's not the point. We don't let them, uh, you know, let us take over the party. That's the whole point of a hostile takeover is you take over the party. Like <laughs> we're not asking permission to take over the party. We're just fucking coming and they're not, they're we're clearly, I mean, if you look coming. at Joe, Cry- wow. <laughs> 
No, but and, yeah, somebody, and, somebody know, posted a uh, thing on Twitter, and it was like the socialists are coming. And of course, I my response was a uh, animated GIF of He Man like rocking his head back and forth, <laughs> his eyes closed, and little like sparkle rainbow eyes. And I was like, "You're goddamn right, we are." Uh, but and, yeah. and but they're so but the the beautiful thing, and I think the thing we found in a couple of these races is that they're so unprepared; they have no fucking idea. <laughs> like what's coming for them. So Yeah. Well they were afraid for a while, but I think they all realized, well, if we just overwhelm them with fundraising, then we're set. And yeah. clearly it's we've seen that that doesn't always work. You know? But I, I feel good. I I think we're I think we're on the right track and I think there's good things to come. But um yeah. So uh we're gonna get out of here, but uh if you like what you hear on the podcast, uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud at uh, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, we're on Facebook, I guess. Uh, if you still are using Facebook, facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, where else are we? Patreon.com slash move left. I should just re- re- like record myself doing all of these so I don't have to fucking say them. No, this is the time. funny part. This is the part it where we... It is the funny we... part because we never get our fucking Twitter handles right. Oh. So, so I'm uh, at move underscore left. Comrades at chaos riot 99 for now. LaDonna's at Polly Bent. And we will catch you next week.